guys. Welcome to the Real World Podcast, episode number six. Today, I have on my special friends, Josh Hebert and Austin Young. And we had our first day of classes today. It is school time, and we are one week in to our marching band season. And summer's over. I'm very sad. So, But at the same time, very excited. I'm starting my last school year possibly ever possibly not ever so there's that thank you hey yeah thank you. you're old could be a total disaster oh, okay uh, uh we finished our band camp which is called roundup <laughs> you guys can come in now. Hey everybody oh my guess. God. Okay. Dude, I don't even want to talk about that. Like <laughs> that I was so like stressed out from that no. I almost left my beard at home for the first day of school <laughs> listen man <laughs> like I almost forgot my beard listen, on the pillow dude okay so uh, Roundup is what we call our band camp because calling it band camp is so terrible <laughs> so lame <laughs> and because uh, we're 20 years old still yes. doing marching band Crazy. and it was so hot every day the first day Monday we did meetings in the morning which wasn't bad. And the morning block, by far, in all my five years, is the worst. Yeah, it's horrible. It is horrible. Um, Man, and I it's not, it's it's fun because at the same time because you're talking to everybody and you're making friendships and bullcrap. It's hot. It's Louisiana. The humidity is like 150,000%. <laughs> Listen, I, I've been sunburned once in my life, and I'm now sunburned from band camp, and that is crazy to for me to be somewhere i've only been somewhere once ever that's how hot it was now it felt like for all you viewers uh oh, austin yeah. is black, I'm black. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i should have added that I you gotta say hey, that everybody. that's the extra part yeah they're like I'm they're like, they're like who you know, is that's, this that's they're like bad podcast they're like who is this super powered caucasian sorry. who doesn't get <laughs> yeah. sunburned my name is no, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got that, that bad podcasting describes. Yeah, I'm off to it, a dude. horrible start already. Noob. I'm out of here. All right, nice to meet you guys. Uh, uh bye. <laughs> anyway, right. so we didn't really do much the first day except play inside a lot, but the second day, oh my god, yeah, man. So carrying these tenors, dude. Okay, me and me and Josh. Ha ha ha. Me and Josh here. We we play tenor tenors together. This is our third year playing tenors together, and uh, it sucks. At the beginning of every year, every time, every time, uh, these oh. tenors are heavy. They're Pearl Championship Series maple drums that are like <laughs> 58 pounds. <laughs> and so we do in drumline for all you non-drumming listeners. In marching band, uh, drumlines do this thing, and in drum corps, they do this thing called tracking. Glorious. It's when you practice well, you got marching and playing. <laughs> It's when you practice marching and playing, you either march around like a parking lot, a track, uh, a football field, but you got to stay together and keep your lines and play together. And it's terrible. Yeah. The ultimate goal for tenors are to keep your drums down for at least two full reps over exercise. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and if you do, look, it's, I understand my, my first year, uh, it was so bad. It was so terrible. And we do a lot of parades, parade style marching here. Mm hmm. Because uh, every football game, we march over from the quad of our campus, the middle of to, campus, to like a mile away <coughs> to the football stadium, and 
it's like four o'clock in the afternoon in September in Louisiana. Nope. It's in like a full a, uniform. In a cotton, thick uniform. Top of all that, there's like barbecue pits. <laughs> yeah, it's like sending out hot. Smoke. It's an extra hot it's when like, you walk through that thing. Dude, there's like barbecue pits all over the place. Oh, you, so you're we're marching through tailgate and <laughs> amongst <laughs> white people and their campers. <laughs> dude, somebody was standing on top of their camp for my first year. Dude, while we were playing Joey. Okay, I remember that. That dude still does that, by the way. That dude does do, does do that. I saw him last year, and he was like, "Yeah, man," and he does his. He, That's the best part. Let's be honest: is seeing their really drunk old guys on the side Wait, you know, tailgating. You know what's even funnier though? I barely could see him. You want to know why? Because my back hurts. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't see my back hurts. <laughs> like, like whenever you got like salty sweat in your eyes and your back is like screaming. I won't have that problem this year. I know. Must you, be nice. You got I'm excited. Oh, Austin's 6'8". Oh, yeah. I'm a <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to bring that up. Okay, look. Let's cover all of it I right didn't now. want everybody to know he's sitting on the floor. No, I'm microphone. Not. You're lying <laughs> right now. So Austin's six foot eight. Black. <laughs> I was going to say ethnic. Ethnic, yeah. Black, uh, six eight, and marching snare drum. And not playing basketball. And not playing basketball. That's a, People get mad at me for that, like a lot. Didn't somebody just recently get mad? Dude, yeah. Like I was actually, was at Canes or something? I was walking out of class today English literature class <gasps> I know right and uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he was like hey man it's just some random dude he was like hey man you play for here I was like play what he was like basketball like nah and he was like oh well if I could steal your height I would but I thought he was like laughing joking and he had the he most probably got cut from the walk dude, he had the most team. serious look on his face it's crazy man people get really mad probably at me about cut. that yeah, I'm six Fly eight. Your <laughs> Wood doesn't mean <laughs> anything, dude. There's there's no, people it doesn't. there's people playing D one college basketball who are your height who are terrible. Just trash, man. And I'm terrible. Yeah. You know, ask me, there's certain people in the NBA who are really tall. And dude, <laughs> Draymond <laughs> Green, Draymond Green said that in an interview. He was like, "There's people in the NBA who don't know how to play basketball." First of all, let's not even bring up Draymond Green. <laughs> Let's anything, anything, with, like him, anything that's that NBA with a nugget after there, Austin is not there. Like if there's a <laughs> like if there's a nugget or if there's a state, like the word state after there, he's oh, not man. messing with neither one of them. Oh man, especially uh Curry, <coughs> gross, yeah. disgusting. Yeah, but you know we all know James Harden's the best player in the world. Okay, get out of here, Mr. <laughs> Houston man. All right, to the real part of the podcast, please. <laughs> part that matters. No, I'm kidding. Uh. So this was like a last minute trio kind of this is the first um multiple guest episode which I'm pretty excited about. Yeah, cool. Um Josh walked in from work and I was <laughs> like, "Hey, you want to hop on in?" Here? Yeah, he just he just kind of he's all sad. He's giving us a sad look right now. He just kind of took Sunglass over. Hut. <laughs> just took yeah. over my whole podcast. This lady came to my job and she was like straight up rude. He's in a bad Maybe. mood now. She probably won't listen to this, so. Oh. Don't drop hey, lady. Listen. Hey, lady. You with the Ray-Bans <laughs> who needed the adjustment. I love you. All right? No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you do. You're a good guy. You love her. It's okay. I love her in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, jeez. Well, I mean, I'm very excited about this little format. We'll see how it goes. I think it's already going pretty well, but... Uh, Hopefully, yeah. we're, hopefully we're brightening some people's days who are out there listening. That'd be a good time. We are. You know you want to laugh. You know. <laughs> <laughs> we're in school, boys. Yeah, man. School Day one. is starting. Day one. I am like, 
two and a half months away from a recital. I'm excited for you, man. Uh, I'm watching you put this work in, dude, and it's uh, I can't wait to check that out. Like, it's uh, it was only the first day of the semester, and I've literally been busy since seven thirty this morning. Hey, same. And it's uh, Louisiana time, and it's ten thirty-four. Yeah. And today was the solar eclipse. It was the for all of you listening eclipse. in the future. Yeah, I was in class. August 21st, 2017. I didn't even get to check that out, man. I well, just I seen did. a bunch of picture, p- people's pictures everywhere. People were like generous enough to like leave the uh the gla- the special glasses around campus and That's like cool. you just grabbed yeah. them and you were yeah. like, "Oh, hey, dope." I mean, it's not like they were going to keep them and be like, "Oh, right. I can look at the sun every day now." <laughs> Me and Josh, we were walking to class this morning and some people had them and we grabbed them and put them on and you can't see anything. <laughs> like it's just pitch black until and you, you put look those glasses up. on. Yeah. yeah, until you see the sun. But it's crazy. Yeah, it was the, the it soon. It was cool. The soon. The but we're we were in the part of the country where we only saw the partial eclipse, which is, uh, but I mean, like it's not like it's kind of like with every UFC fight ever. Why would you pay for pay per view when you can just watch the fight like on YouTube in the hour after? Like I literally see pictures of the full yeah. of the totality, uh, eclipse like on the internet. Yeah, like na- I follow NASA on Instagram. Great account. By oh, the way. speaking of which, mark this. Conor McGregor's going down. Uh, That's true. Uh, I, I second that opinion. No, yes. I think McGregor may take it. Oh, have you seen well, Have you seen the videos of him sparring, like boxing sparring? No. Yeah, you should check those out and then rethink. No, your no, I saw <laughs> one, but I mean, I think it was one where it's like only showing his best highlights. Yeah, no. Oh, uh, I hope he wins. <laughs> <laughs> he's pretty ridiculous, man. If, if even if he doesn't win, he's still getting a stupid amount of money. Oh, they both. Which are. I think was his ultimate end goal. Maybe he knew from the beginning that he was not going to uh, win? win this fight. Yeah, they're making. But he's so, still getting like a hundred million dollar payout. So, so you are transitioning over to the uh, Floyd side. I don't even like. I don't like Floyd Mayweather. I like Conor McGregor as like a. F- public figure like i like his attitude you like his attitude i'd like dude, his, that dude's his attitude work ethic. is outrageous yeah he's crazy <laughs> he's work, a clown his work ethic is remarkable That's cool. I, but I you could that. say the same for floyd mayweather also yeah. but mcgregor you see where mcgregor came from you see where floyd came from like yeah floyd's been fighting forever mcgregor has mcgregor's done all this in like a relatively short amount of time well I mean, let's be honest, dude. The dude wasn't really schooling anymore, though. So, I mean, who? The more uh, Floyd. Oh. So, like, the more time you have to do that stuff, it won't take as much time. Yeah, that's yeah. very true. You know, I, I, but yeah. but speaking of that, dude. Like when I was telling you, whenever I was playing like sight reading today, I was just thinking about how like when I started, and like how, how much better progression is crazy. Like, since we're talking about work ethic, like well, dude. I was gonna uh, without naming names, I was gonna brag about this freshman I saw tonight practicing. Yeah, who was putting in work? It's the first day, and yeah, I, you know, it's he wants to be better. I can tell he wants to be better. He was asking me questions. He was like, "How do I do? It? What is this note?" I was, right. gonna, so I was like, "Look, right. that is what it's all about, right there," and I. I applaud him because he was up there. It was nine o'clock at night, yeah. like before wow. we started doing this. Wow. So, wow. Uh, I was just putting in some last minute work because, like, I didn't get to yeah. one of my pieces today, which happens to be my hardest one. Yeah. But um, no, I was applauding Dude, him. I commend that because, like, that wasn't even me. And, nah, and and like we said, like, 
we, I don't we think can that safely, was me either. We could safely say, like, I was in that same predicament. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. and I wasn't doing anything about it, you know? So, like, dude, hats off to that guy. Yeah, That's time. really cool to see day one putting in that kind of effort from the but beginning. That, that I was so worried of, like, the incoming freshmen, like, what their mindset was going to be. You know, I was really worried about that. But uh, I'm, dude, I'm, I'm pretty, good. I'm pretty assured now. Uh, the uh, the thing is, the the culture of our of our program has changed to the fact that we're very proactive. Yeah. And uh, yeah, very, true. very true. We are more mature musicians, and we're more mature people because of that. Um, which I think is really nice to think about as I make my exit. Like where the where I, what program I came from like from when I started dude like uh, like the the mindset was very um, different which had its good and bad things just like it has our good and bad things now so mm-hmm. um, yeah. at the same time like I I'm very very proud to be a soon to be alumnus of this program. Um, don't be hard. Yeah, man, that's crazy. I can't imagine showing up to any rehearsal or anything without uh, Mr. Josh Hartwell there. That's pretty crazy. Because I've been here too long. <laughs> you have been here a long time. <laughs> <laughs> crazy. Man. Fifth year, dude. Starts today. Um, it's super weird. Uh, and you were just talking about progression. And I was uh, helping that freshman out tonight. And I was side reading his stuff, and I was like, there is no way I would have been able to do this. I was in the exact same position he was in. He's like, I don't even know what note this is. <laughs> right. Man, absolutely. I can relate to that so heavily, man. Uh, and I never thought I would even start doing something like this. I always thought that I would, uh, I don't know. I, In all honesty, I never know what the next step is. All I know is, like, I've taught myself to, to think about the now, and I think about the now and long term as well. So when I say that, I I would say my recital. Like, I've been thinking about my recital since May. And, you know, that's the now. Like, I got to focus on that now. Then after the recital, it's focusing on student teaching. And then... Um, Good job. And putting... And I've talked about this before, but... Uh, I guess it's because I played sports as a kid. I like putting the athlete's mindset to what we do. Uh, to what we do is, like... You still got to put in that work. Like it's just like how James Harden goes and shoots in the gym at night. Like it's or Kobe. They said Kobe had probably the best work ethic in NBA history besides LeBron and Michael Jordan, Absolutely. and and it shows. He's a Hall mm-hmm. of Famer. He's a five-time NBA champ. Right. Uh, and you could do the same thing, putting that in like to what we do. Um. I. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I just like thinking about it that way. Actually, I like to think of it like that. Like um, like you said with Kobe, I like to think our professors, like, being in that position. Like, you know how when Kobe and Michael, they would get, like, frustrated with the everybody else? Yeah, because they'd they be like, putting in that same work ethic. Yeah, they'd be like, yo, like, you know, and they, they'd always be like, you yeah, know. Yeah, get it together. Aggressive, like, yeah. get yourself together. It's the same thing. Like, you know, the – Professor's the team captain, and he's like, "Yo, I can see where you. I can see where you. Where you? I think it's more like the coach. Yeah, dude. I'm thinking like a Phil well, Jackson, like a Phil or Jackson, or Pat Riley going or on. Mike D'Antoni. I'm just Daddy. saying. I feel like 
Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant was coaching the team. But, I don't know, know, I, I, but, but look, that's that's my opinion. But I don't know, man. Phil Jackson is that guy, man. Uh, the triangle. The triangle. Though, the triangle <laughs> offense. Anyway. Anyway, but uh, it's going to be a good year. Yeah. I, it's going to be a relatively easier marching season. Just because we only have five home games, uh, there's no recruitment tour trip. We're just doing pretty much seem to be pr- all prep for our trip in December, the London, London trip. Yes. yes. Uh, by the way, p- quick plug: if anyone listening is interested in uh, donating to the cause that we are that we have been inviting to uh, invited to on the for the London New Year's Day parade 2018, uh, you can go to www.mcneesbands.com and find all the information there. Uh, the main fundraising is going through the McNeese Foundation. So, um, please help. <laughs> For real, really, please help. I, I, no, I'm it's, still it's trying really to pay right now. We're, the only, we're <laughs> one of two we're one of two American universities invited this year. So, uh, which is crazy. It's not a very common occurrence. Opportunity of a lifetime. Just yeah. once a year, two American universities get chosen. We're here in down little Lake Charles. I'm going to find a drummer that lives in the, like. Oh take yeah. A lesson. We gotta take something out, man. I'm going. Even if I don't I'm take a lesson. lesson from Eddie Thrower from uh, he's this British like rock drummer. So guy. you got this planned out already. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm getting my hair cut as a barbershop of it. I'm telling you, dude. Hey, those dudes. Nomad those dudes, barber. Look, they can do specific haircuts, but they do it great. Yeah. Right? yeah. They, they do only it well. have like six or seven haircuts they do, but if you when you choose that one, you're they're like, okay, yeah. That's it, man. That's and they're like experts. Oh, he has a little weird head. Do they have black barbers <laughs> in London? Like a, <laughs> a, a what? <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm kind of sketched out. Your edge be all like. Are they gonna draw the, Amer- the 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 British flag, the UK flag in my dude? In that my is, okay, that is a that is a big fear. Like, you ever wonder why black people don't get their hair cut at look, Walmart you and stuff like that? One look, <laughs> listen, you what? find one good barber and you stick with them for you your stay entire with life. Life? They know your head, dude. Dude, so you oh, gotta if you, you, if you go away, you gotta fly back every it's time. Dude, if you get it's your hair cut by somebody else, they know. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like you cheated on them. Well, I mean, that's kind of like what. With my the person who cuts my hair, they'd be like, "Who you millennial?" She's, <laughs> fem- she's a female barber. She has a barber's license and everything. So I would hope so. Oh yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like yeah, you just put the ball on yeah. top of the head, right? And you just, <laughs> and just cut around the ball. <laughs> you ever just uh, you ever just go into a, a place and like don't see any like licensing or anything on the uh-uh. like? Are you sure you know what you're doing? Listen, my barber is built a house. That's his barber shop. That's behind his mother's house, and that that's dude cuts up. the best haircut I've ever had in my life. So that's what's up. It works out great. Hey, you said it best the, when the dude's got the black gloves. Like you oh, know, he's dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. that's how you know they about to do work. Yeah, they, like, got, they got everything lined up on the counter, ready to go. Yeah, with the, the alcohol, the shave the gel. Dude, and you be like, hey, the did you turn on the clippers the already? He'd be like, yeah, they've been on. That's how silent they are. That's yeah. how you know we got yeah. that good stuff. Yeah, dude, it's good time. Yeah, they're all like oiled up and stuff. Dude, the sometimes the lady who cuts my hair, she'll <laughs> have hers and it's like, like the designer, the designer. I'll give you a second. I got to jump start it. 
Uh, I forgot to put the double A's in. Hey, oh I, what? I'm trying to look fresh for London. Oh, uh, me too, dude. We being awesome. We're talking yeah. about this. Like, I'm I'm going all out. It's yeah, it's gonna be cold. Yeah, nice winter I'm trying to get coat. some nice boots, man. I got a I got a a coat. My I got hooked up. My mom hooked me up with a really cool like kind of pea coat style, big coat. I'm, I'm super a, hyped to wear. Yeah, I'm gonna get a wool pea coat. I think. I'm gonna be so mad if I'm doing all of this and I still don't like <laughs> go. <laughs> <laughs> No, you're going to go. We're going to make you It's go. set in stone now. You dude, I'm going to have to get out there and wash some cars or something. Yeah, hey, dude. You can wear that bikini. You got to do what you got to <laughs> do, man. Make them, make, make them checks, bro. I make think I'm going to just go to church route. <laughs> and just like, I think that's way better than the bikini idea. Yeah. <laughs> way better than the bikini idea. I think, speaking of that, uh, you got that job. <laughs> speaking of that, uh, like the church gig, yeah. Like, dude, growing up into that, just uh, growing into that, I don't think I'm coming out. <laughs> I'm gonna be straight up honest. With you. I'm I'm not coming out of that. Yeah. Like that is, dude. That is the reason I play. That is the reason I sound the way I sound when I play. And I'm not trying to, you know, boast or anything like that. But like, like, dude, even like I was talking about before, man. Whenever y'all came to my show in Austin. Like, Austin sent me a text. And I don't... Do you mind? No, go like, ahead. Dude, talk he, about it. He was like, like most definitely like, bro, I can see the man of God that you're, that you're becoming. And he's seen that through me playing. I wasn't even playing a Christian song. Right. Like, we were typically... Like, we were basically in a club, almost. You know what I'm saying? So that just goes to show, like, how much your life speaks through your playing. You know what I'm saying? In general. And I'm not, and I'm not uh, saying that... Um, that's the route that everybody should be going, but it made me feel good because it was like I'm actually showing what I wanted people to see. Yeah, that regardless was regardless of what I'm playing. That was my next thing. What I was gonna say is like mm-hmm. uh, watching you play that gig and like do your thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, he played a he played a gig uh, with this local venue called the Foundation House. Mm-hmm. Great gig. He played with Jairus last podcast guest. That was uh, phenomenal. That Jairus was the Daigle thing. and the network. Shout out Jairus. Great work, man. Dude. Fantastic Listen, work. Dude, that man. was phenomenal. Wes, dude, if we could get like a snippet. Throw that, that in there. I'll, I'll oh, well, Wes recorded it. Right yeah. here. Dude, once again, shout out oh, yeah. to Wes, man, for uh for recording oh, everything yeah, it for us. Great. Here's, uh, amazing. here's a snippet of it right here.
and of course I've got to plug Wesley's business R&R oh, yeah. mobile recording LLC he gave a big woo <laughs> to uh, everyone he does a fantastic <laughs> job and that was apparent um, like m- like uber apparent uh, and I'm sitting out in the audience <laughs> and I'm like the, the house sounds balanced and we're, we're in like in a room that's like a big empty uh, kind of like a rec center yeah sort of kind of like kind of like a rec center thing and, and like w- the mix sounded great it was we were balanced in the, and we were in the back yeah we and it was sounded like i was like i sound like i'm right in the front i wanted to get in the front just to see better but sound wise man yeah. it was it was wonderful it was so great. like i say every podcast if you got a recording need like you got to record uh, a live recording like at a church or something like that and you're in the lake charles area southwest louisiana area then he uh, he's your man I'm telling you, and that'll be apparent when you know after you, uh, you've already heard the snippet. So, yeah. Um, I just want to say, um, like, I was telling him earlier, like, dude, that that message almost got me a little bit. Like everything he put in, I just want everybody to know, like, this dude is my like my best friend. Like, oh, I'm, dude, this dude has been there for me, like real, <laughs> like real talk. You go. <laughs> You gonna cry in the car? <laughs> <laughs> no, man. That's my brother, right no, there. No, dude, man. this dude, y'all don't understand. Like, this dude has been there. Like, when I didn't have any food, he was there. When I didn't have anywhere to sleep, Josh too. Like, dude, these are these are my brothers. And both of these guys like, have been through a lot. I've been through a lot, like, dude. And, oh, and you know, they were there when my mom got sick, and yeah. they were there when she wasn't sick anymore. You know, they're gonna be there when she's, you know, if dude, something else happens. That happened. was the awesome. That was the most awesome. Like. Oh yeah, that was ever. You know, the this it's so crazy that this like we all started off like very separate lives. Distant. Like yeah. very distant. Like, you know, Which Josh is, yeah. Josh was in Texas. Uh Josh Abair was here in Lake Charles and I was <laughs> I was all over the place. All over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> why don't you why don't you explain that a little bit? Like we're let's start from uh you were born in the Bay Area of California. Yeah, yeah, man. I was born in uh Fremont. California, which is like right outside of San Francisco. So if people usually don't know the area, I just say San Francisco. But Fremont, California, uh, that was, I lived there until I was about two or three, two or three around there, a uh, little kid. Then my pops got a promotion job situation and we ended up moving to Marietta, Georgia. Well, I, or Kennesaw, Georgia, excuse me. And then, uh, then Marietta, Georgia after that. But that's where I spent the, you know my childhood years and how that all began and really where it all uh, the music or where I started really enjoying and really becoming a part of something kind of bigger than myself in playing music mm-hmm. um, I mean you know like every other little kid I was five years old taking piano lessons for a little bit you know nothing too major Mary had a little lamb all that good stuff but um, I got to fifth grade and in Georgia they are in the in Cobb County, the area that I was at. They start you figuring out where you're going to play in middle school band in your fifth grade year of elementary school. So I started checking out uh, different instruments, you know, horns, you know, m- normal band stuff like, you know, trumpets, trombone, uh, woodwind instruments. Uh, and I landed on the saxophone. And so I started playing sax at the end of my fifth grade year of elementary school. So... <clears throat> that's kind of where it all kicked off from there. Yeah, dude. Actually, yeah. Like, so you were legit like a saxophone player, full, and then you just switched. Yeah, yeah. To percussion. Um. So, 
yeah, that was my thing. Like, I just wanted to play sax for a really long time. Uh, and then I moved to Jennings, Louisiana, which is a very small, very, very, very different place than where I was used to coming About from. 30 minutes from here for non-Louisiana. Yeah, it's right in between, like, it's like the dot center in between Lake Charles and Lafayette. Yeah. Um, but moving there, it changed my whole perspective for a lot of things. Uh, coming from a place that everybody wanted to be in band and everybody was musicians. We had two 200-piece middle school bands, like two of them, top band and bottom band, uh, competed at high levels and stuff as a middle school concert band. And then moving somewhere where, you know, band was not the coolest thing to be in and all these situations. Well, it's definitely not as competitive here. Oh, definitely uh, not. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's kind of a relief for me. Uh, but also at the same time, it, you know, it bothers me too because, it, like I said, athletic mindset. When, when, dude, when we went and did stuff like in March of Band in high school, it was game on. Like oh we yeah. want to beat the other people because it was competitive. And watching the local high schools when I was in middle school, uh, that's what I wanted to do because mm. they were like at that compete. You know, they were be doing BOA and stuff right, like that right. bands of america if you're not familiar it's like the high school version of drum corps mm-hmm. almost it's like big competitive national Huge. stage marching band it's up in uh it usually takes place in like minneapolis yeah it's it's really awesome to be a part of and that's what i grew up looking at and then coming to a place that wasn't that way uh was kind of a culture shock for sure when it came to playing music and mm-hmm. wanted to compete because i wanted to compete that's what i saw that's what i saw as fun you know and i'm like i said i've been a big kid my whole life and I did play a lot of sports for fun and in middle school and stuff like that. So that competitive thing was already there. Uh, mm-hmm. So impo- approaching that in, in music was uh, something I looked forward to. But then I ended up in Jennings, Louisiana, which no knock on Jennings, Louisiana. You know, I'm the man I am today because of that place and because of that music program. Um, but I decided I moved there when I was in eighth grade uh, and during the concert season time. So I was still playing saxophone. But for the next marching band season, which I had not been a part of marching band yet, uh, I made some friends that were on the drum line. They're like, man, come on, you, you know, you have rhythm, whatever. You come check us out. Come hang out. Come try out for, you know, bass drum or whatever. And that's where the whole percussion scene for myself uh, all kicked off and all started was marching bottom bass because I was t- tall and giant <laughs> and they wanted me at the bottom. Uh, bottom bass, my freshman year of high school. Yeah, it's so interesting. Uh because I never had to deal with a whole moving situation into a whole new place. The only time I moved, I moved in town and I had to move middle schools for my eighth grade year, but that's it. It was in the same district and cause right. we have districts in Texas. And yeah. And so like, it didn't really matter. I, I ended up being with the same people anyway. Right. Uh, the, right. The, the following year. Gotcha. Yeah. It's, uh, it's crazy. Uh, growing up through elementary school and middle school with these people, uh, you know, you only know this one group or one style of people or one uh, one kind of culture. Even though it's a it's a very diverse place, it's still you. It's comfortable for you. It's home. Right. And then moving to a place that's completely different in how everything works is a uh, it's it's a culture shock. To I say talked the least. about in the very first episode with Ty about the culture change that mm-hmm. is apparent here, uh, as opposed to Georgia. Georgia is that southern like, like that's the South. Like that's yeah. different. But this is the South. And Cajun. Yeah, like, it's a whole other kind of the South. And you got Texas South where he's got their own thing going now. We're just getting kind of crazy, man. Like, uh, people from all over. It's like come becoming like the, the New York of the South or something. Atlanta is like, it's getting... Atlanta's getting very modern. The man, Falcons just got a new stadium. Uh, that place is popping. 
It's crazy. Uh, Atlanta's stupid hot. I've been to Atlanta. I spent a week <laughs> in Atlanta once, but yeah. it's it's a good city. You should check it out. Good times, good food, good people, good music. I probably won't travel that way. I travel a lot. Um, I've traveled a lot that way. I don't travel a lot, but I travel a lot that way, like east, southeast of United States, Florida. I've been to Florida like six times. I like it a lot, but it's time for me to venture out west. Oh yeah, like, dude. I went to Phoenix for a weekend once. I went to uh, Colorado this summer. Yeah, those uh, pictures from Colorado look amazing, oh, by the way. They're by the way, uh, me and I just told Wesley this before this. Uh, I have an argument that Colorado is the most beautiful state. I'd be one to agree with that, probably. I don't know, I've never you, been, been there. there. No. No? Okay. It's I'm beautiful. Have you ever been? I've stopped uh, through at the airport and oh. like just saw mountains from a distance and I'm just like blown away. I walk to Colorado the refrigerator a lot. <laughs> You've been to the refrigerator? Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, speaking of like a refrigerator though, like as crazy as it is, I don't travel a lot, but I travel to Alaska. That's oh, yeah, that he, is he, crazy. His brother Dude, lives there. And that that joint, like that place is I sound crazy. wild, but I didn't like, know black people lived in Alaska. Bruh, there's all types of people. That's, That's amazing. Like, the, I, I guarantee you, I think like they have their own no, version of redneck. No offense. There. Well, no offense, but like I've seen more others. <laughs> <laughs> that other check mark. One of those. Yeah, other there check you marks. go. The other. Like, dude, I know for real. Like, I've seen Jamaicans there. I've seen uh, Samoans. That's there's cool. a lot of Samoans. Coming from Hawaii to bro, that's intense. There, there's a lot of. There's a. It's very ethnic. That's beautiful. That's dude, a beautiful thing. And like, in the summertime, it's. You know how you get like that good breezy day out here where it's really hot, where right. it's like really breezy. It's like that every day during the summer. That's that's kind of how California is, man. Uh, I've been back a couple times since moving away, and uh, it's like deserty kind of like yeah. at some places, especially if you go towards like you know, uh, South Central Los Angeles. Or yeah, it's like you know that whole dusty, but it's a different kind of heat, so it's not like choking you like it is here <laughs> in Louisiana. It's like walking out in a cloud here. Yeah. it's the craziest thing I've ever felt. But uh, yeah, yeah the only thing on only thing on Alaska you just worry about like not getting mauled by by uh, bears. bears or something. <laughs> oh, dude, they have moose up there. Dude, the moose are more dangerous. Uh, These the are moose, huge. Moose man. are extremely mm. territorial and they're mean, bro. Like they're very like they're they're dude, just like dude. What you say? Like, <laughs> dude, their head like, is like, dude, like, yeah. I don't even know like which is why Rocky and Bullwinkle is like <laughs> the most un- inaccurate. <laughs> He's like, he him, he That's hilarious. I haven't heard the Rocky and no, Bullwinkle in uh, years. I have like this weird, uh, this past like, I guess this past year, uh, I, I used to be really into like outdoors as a kid, um, just because oh, my yeah. family is. Um, but I got back into it recently, uh, which I, I plan on going deer hunting this, this. Uh, in, in deer park. Can I go? No. Can I go? <laughs> You want to go? I, I, I've been wanting to go hunting. You want to go hunting? Yes. Ooh. Like, I have this weird uh, love for outdoorsmen, like, uh, outdoors stuff, like, this, the sport, not love for outdoorsmen, that's a little, no, <laughs> no, no. I have a really good I'm love a, for doors. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, the outdoors, like, uh, sport side of it, and, like, it, the hunting thing, and, like, I've watched some hunting YouTube clips, and so, do moose hunting looks crazy like you do it mostly you can do it with a rifle long distance but a lot of people do short distance with a bow and mm. uh, i feel like if i did that i would uh, i would either freak out or i would do 
uh, miss. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's funny that you say that. I strongly encourage like anybody who's not used to that stuff, at least start looking up like survival stuff. Cause oh, like, yeah. cause like, there's so much stuff I never would have thought about. And if I was stranded, I would die We're just by up, not right? doing something. You'd be like, you know, instead of eating, you just decide to practice <laughs> instead of like try to hunt. You're just like, oh, no, I think I'm just gonna practice my paradiddles. Right. For no, no, I might as well build some chops with these random pieces of wood. <laughs> forget that. You're gonna build them a rainbow with all that wood. Out with there. that wood, there you go. <laughs> just, there you go. No, but like seriously, dude, there's a lot of stuff that we don't even think about that we uh, that we have right now. You know what I'm saying? That right. takes care of us. But if you were put out like i think about that stuff i'm weird but yeah. i think about that <laughs> that's stuff. a good like, thing to think about like, you never know what happens like, you know if i wouldn't have known about this spider this homie would have bit me and i yeah. would have been dead in like the oh, next no, that, two minutes and you know, that's what people like don't that. realize like that there's there's certain insects and, and animals that are native to different parts like okay people don't realize that there's like horrible like horribly deadly animals and uh, insects in Australia and, and people go hunt there. Yeah, that place is crazy. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I watch a lot of. I used to watch a lot of Animal Planet and stuff growing up, and then I was like, I used to check my shoes for um, oh, scorpions sna- and, and, stuff. and stuff. And yeah, because yeah. I would, I'd see I like a, accounts of stuff happening. But Joe Rogan talks about this stuff all the time on his podcast because he got into hunting like re- like five years ago, and he's like forty nine. Dang. And wow. he, but he's, he's from, that old? He's from Massachusetts. Yeah, he is. That I old. totally did not. I thought he was way younger than that. And people hunt in Massachusetts, but it's not like he was ever. He grew up in Boston, but was born in Jersey, moved to California. Huh. And here's the thing like, he got into hunting when he was like 43 or 44, and he loves it. And like, most of the, most of the meat he eats is. It's what he shot. That's which is super res- like I, that's respect. That's right like there. the primal male instinct. That's that like is one hundred percent It's like I want to kill it and then eat it. Like that's like the craziest <laughs> thing. That's no, so yeah. cool. And uh, and like he brings on all these people that that are either outdoors experts or they're uh, scientists or they're experts in a certain animal or a species. So that's what is like that's what kind of got me back into it. I was like, maybe I should like start getting back into hunting and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Uh, especially oh since I'm about to be done with school and all that. I feel like I'm to too big it. to go hunting. Like <laughs> I can't fit. The in the like trying to hop on a tree. The deer's like, bro, I see you dog. Bro. No, the deer's like, nah, I'm not doing this. Today. Boing, 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 boing. Like runs away. I hit my footsteps hey, from like For all away. you people who really think like we only think about music like all and we don't have like regular no, lives we're talking totally about not hunting right we're talking now. about hunting i've never been hunting in my life we were talking about hunting like the closest to hunting i've been to was hunter green wearing hunter green and getting <laughs> picked for it oh, <laughs> like oh i got God. i got picked on from remember that stage where you got picked on for wearing hunter green yeah in element well you know because no, y'all don't, didn't wear uniforms wearing, yeah Wait, Hunter Green? Yeah. Oh, you're talking about like the color the, polo? Yeah, like yeah, the color the polo. Yeah. Like we had free, dude, we had people wear tank tops and flip <laughs> Oh, dude, yeah. The, Texas, through, dude. That's how it was all through elementary school and middle school, man. And, like people were tattooed like and the principals can't do anything about it because you have a, the most open dress code in history. <laughs> Quite funny. literally, like people would just wear anything they wanted to. Dude, why did, why did we start? I don't look. I'm not from here, here. (laughs) so I don't know. But oh, that's another thing I can talk about culture shock. I came from wearing whatever I wanted every day of my entire life, (coughs) excuse me, to wearing khaki pants 
and hunter green and white. So poems. it was a more equality. Seriously, thing. The, it sucked. The, the Louisiana education system, public education system, and private education system, mm. freaking like they they want you they want your kid to look like everybody else. Yeah, it's crazy. So there's no like. And the thing is like. Oh, we don't want people to feel underprivileged or bullied or whatever. But right. it's gonna. But dude, uh, yeah. it, they find. Oh, they will find something. You still have to wear shoes you, because you still have kids. to. You know what I mean? But because that's the thing. Kids. Yeah, that's dude. crazy. But there are kids who got their own struggles and things like that, and they're just like, I don't feel like dealing with this, so I'm gonna pick on Timmy today. Right. You know, exactly. And and dude, I'm totally guilty of that too. Like, there's oh, there's yeah. sometimes where I'll be mad and I just like I'll get mad at the dude who was clowning me, and then I like. Make his day way worse than mine. Exactly. Like, Just like how sure. the major but problem with with free dress code is that you got people who have a lot of money and not, and some people who don't have a lot of money. So, right, right. So when you got dudes wearing like like the fresh new Nikes that came out yesterday, or like or like these really expensive jeans, nice shirts, and stuff to school. And then you got other people who are like, oh, well, I've still got the same stuff on that I wore right. two days ago. It, it, that's the that's the main issue. Like right, right. Be, but here's the thing: high school kids are high school kids. You cannot. Yeah. I don't care where you go; they're all going to be the same. That, You're going to have to remind them that's, that's of the same problem. thing every day. Right. And the crazy thing is, okay, so we're all music education majors, mm-hmm. so we're all on a path to be teachers and sit in a class. Like you know, it might be a exactly. band room, it might be a you know a private lesson room, whatever it may be. But um, something I. I I I just started my first uh, real teaching job this past summer. I'm the I'm the percussion instructor at the high school that I went to, Jennings High School. Mm-hmm. And uh, something that I've never really thought about, but is really prominent, and it's something that's almost a little scary, is dealing with children's personal lives, not just on the surface of right. oh, I gotta teach you how to count eighth notes and sixteen notes and and and, and you know read exactly. a one chord or whatever it may be, but. These are we have the ability to affect these kids' lives, and we see what they have to deal with on a daily basis. So if they're showing up dealing right. with problems, you know, either at home or, or school, bullying-wise, like we were just talking about yeah. with their clothes, or if like I can't, that's something that I think that we one have a privilege to um, to handle, but be a part of right. to assist them in those things, but uh, also too to be aware of it and assist the community Dude, around and, them. And the thing is, the awareness has to be. That much greater because, because right. dude, now that we have like social media and all this stuff now, dude, it's like the the opportunity to be bullied is is like. I, mean, right. I would I would like, venture to say that that people now are afraid to say something to people in person. Oh yeah, because oh, yeah. the I teach I've been teaching at the same high school for uh, four years now. And I've only had one kid deliberately like bully someone in person. Mm. Wow. Like in front of me. Wow. Right. And otherwise, bullying, like the cyberbullying thing, that's a real issue. And but it, I feel like it occurs more than actual in person bullying. Like uh, I was bullied in yeah. junior high, but oh, that, yeah. was I was when, too, that was when that was when MySpace was the only thing being used. Uh, right, yeah. right, right. And even then, people will get bullied. And that's when cyberbullying is like, hey, maybe there's an issue with every kid having this free outlet to just go say whatever they want right. Right. to somebody. And a lot of times, their parents have no idea what None. they're doing. They have Dude, no control over what's happening in their kids' I wasn't even allowed lives. to have one. Yeah, but oh, me either. It's, it's funny because 
like like you said when we were in school like you know it would be like almost a one-on-three like these guys would gang up on you but now it seems like the whole world is bullying you. It's like complete strangers you've never you, met in your life. You, like there, you don't so. know them, you didn't do anything to them. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's and what makes like, it easy for people to go on somebody's random page that, and if you're not private on, especially on Instagram, they'll find yeah. you on the Discover page. Like, hey, like this is trash. You're hideous or whatever. Right. Can say whatever they want with no and repercussions. You can, almost you can see. That's why I was thinking about this the other day. I would, as much as like. It must be nice to have the fame and fortune of some of these celebrities. At the same time, they are under a constant scrutiny. Dude. Oh, absolutely, so like, man. So, like, somebody like uh, Justin Bieber, who who wouldn't even have a glimpse of a normal life at any point in his life. Yeah. No matter where he goes, no matter how far he's gone, the moment he comes back, he's back to being the celebrity Justin Forever Bieber. Forever, for the rest right. of his life. never have a normal life. And so he's... Dude, he's probably been... One of the most scrutinized, like bullied, in in a sense, celebrities in in their entire career, because like yeah. the kid's been doing it since like I mean he's like a kid, what, he's 13? my age. Well, the, he's the, my the, age, the transitions, dude. Everybody would target like each transition he made. Oh yeah, and of course, dude, obviously, really some of the, the transitions weren't, you know. Um, Good, you know, transition. <laughs> you know, can, can but, you really blame like you literally grew up under the spot. Yeah, like when you given like whenever you're given that much, like I hate to say it, just this, but money and oh, yeah, you know what I'm saying. And like, it's all yours. It's like in your hands, and you're you haven't matured to the point that have all But you will go crazy if you know you're being monitored. This dude right, made ninety million dollars this year alone. Can he pay my tuition? Can he please pay my tuition? Justin Bieber, if, if you're, you're listening, listening, I'm gonna need you to donate to a, Look, uh, I a trip go to London. I gotta go to London. <laughs> he's like, he's like, oh, I own a house in London. You crash Ferraris for fun. <laughs> Actually, can yeah, I can just we... have a grand? <laughs> like, please. <laughs> can you imagine making ninety million dollars just for playing, like, just going on tour and just be like, oh, another mill in the bank? Like, How much does Taylor Swift make? More, way more, more than that. More, way more Dude, than that. She's the most paid, right? Most paid musician, right? Yeah. In the world. And, world. and she was the one that, well, I talked about this before, but she's the one that led the whole thing of like, what are the streaming rights that oh, we yeah, get? Yeah, right. What is the uh, pay? Yeah, yeah. What's the, the pay that that us top Billboard artists her get? Her and Jay-Z. Her Jay-Z. That's why Jay-Z made Title, so yeah. he can he could stream his stuff like and he got Ed Sheeran, uh, Usher, all these oh, dudes on J. board. J. Cole. A lot of people are on that. Mm-hmm. And uh, which is, um, but he what does Jay Z really have to complain about? Him and Beyonce's net <laughs> combined net worth is like nine hundred million dollars. That's, his, I'm, that's s- I'm telling you, they will be billionaires in a, within a couple of years because he's gonna sell. He'll probably sell title for a. That dude nine. is a very, uh, you know, all opinions all aside. That dude is a very good businessman. Good to say man. the least. Dude, but look bad. who he studied. <laughs> Dude, like, I mean, of course, like, the the business guys are normally the ones who are hated the most right, because right. they're willing to make whatever decisions. Like, be cutthroat. You know how much he studied Rockefeller? Oh, like, exactly. The actual, you know, Rockefeller. Right, like, the guy. if you if yeah. you look at the the structure of how he done stuff in correlation to Jay Z, it's the it's really identical. That's why he named this record label after. Dude, him. it's it's very identical. You know, yeah. And, uh, speaking of that, can, can you imagine what it must be like to be the Rockefeller family? Because <laughs> you were literally one of the two industries, one of the first in like 
corporations in America. Big, yeah, insane. And you still got equity in. I would buy so many drums, (laughs) (laughs) like all of the drums, every vintage, anything (laughs) you ever could imagine. You know, I don't know if I would. I would think I would just um, get a bunch of custom kits built. That's that's really smart. I don't know, though. I get it all. Well, if you do custom, I think you can you can uh, personalize each one and like each one could have every major manufacturer. Let's talk about this really quick. There are a lot of custom. Okay, so I haven't been playing drum set for very long, uh, but I'm like kind of thorough. I'm like nerding out on it really hard right now in my life. Mm -hmm. Like it's like you know you get a taste of something new, uh, and man, like seven drums and love and A and F. Uh, like there's so many b- better than like just the I mean not better but you know more in depth than just like the big company you know the Lugwitz right. the we Pearls, call those the companies boutique drum yeah companies. exactly so uh, I have an issue with some of them mostly because uh, they come out right off the bat and they charge like a thirteen hundred dollars. Oh yeah, they're very expensive. Oh, just sure. because they're like like I have yeah. n- I think A and F sounds good and they're and their their aesthetic of this like old, really old, like nineteen twenty style drum like that they make is cool, mm-hmm. but I'm not paying fifteen hundred and seventy five dollars for one of your bass drums that's like twenty six inches long and four inches deep. Yeah. yeah. Or wide, not long. But at the same time, that's their gig, and people—if people, people want to be an artist mm, for them yeah. and buy their stuff, they go for it. It's just not my, not, yeah. not my thing. And I would—I uh, took an online lesson from this guy uh, a couple weeks ago, who was a finalist in the 2014 Drum Off. Uh, his name is Forrest Rice, and this guy was like, "Look, man, I don't really have a lot of fancy gear. It's all about how you play the drums." Oh, that's yeah. very true. And I used to be all about gear, like I, I still am all about gear, but I used to be. All about like, well, maybe if I had better drums, I would sound better. Right, and, and that's kind of where our line is at. Look, we just no. watched a video the other week of Devin Taylor playing, who's the drummer for Justin Bieber, Justin Bieber. Uh, playing one of Pearl's mid-range kits, which in in drums. Oh, dude, those things are amazing. And drums, we what we call mid-range is like less than a thousand dollars, but more than like six hundred dollars. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's that's your the average like the decade. Kit. Like the decade shell pack is about six hundred, huh? No, like the seven. decade shell pack is 700, seven hundred, and you get okay. like you can get up to like six pieces. Dude, and uh, he made those. He made those drums sound professional. Like he yeah. plays a reference pure, which in Pearl drums, reference pure is like one of their top. Yeah, it's the high top end. line. High they didn't end sound stuff. too far away from each other. Either. No, and and I think it's interesting that uh, it that you bring that up because it isn't. It isn't about always about gear. It mm-hmm. isn't about always about right. uh, what you can attain, but it is interesting to understand where it all comes from. Yeah, you know, uh, like I wasn't one. Like I didn't play drum set in high school. I didn't start doing that until I got to college. Mm-hmm. And understanding different timbres of wood, or how a wood was dried, or how, or you know, the count of the moisture well, the count, characteristics of, that. of wood as exactly. well. Exactly, all of the that moisture is, count. I hate you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, but that I find that all yeah, very, right. very, very, very interesting. Now, uh, for I'm sure. A, now, one thing I will say, I am a firm believer of you will practice more if you sound good. Yeah. Like, like which I w- which is why I had I have no problem with buying nice symbols. Yeah, dude. Like, okay, invest in like even if you're a beginner. Like, okay, 
you know, you can get, you know, your beginning your beginning line stuff, your beginner line stuff. Right. But I also feel like, dude, if you know what a good sound is, then you need to go for that because that's what motivates you to practice more. Like you're let's say you're playing to this record that has a really good mix and you're like, Man, I'm playing exactly what this guy's playing, but it's just not Right. Like I feel like I'm not there. Right. And I feel like sometimes when you can get your kit to sound in the way you want it, that motivates you to, to get on the other side right. of that, you know? And you can and you can apply that kind of thinking to, to anything really musically. Um if you're going for orchestral, you know, we're all percussionists. Good sound. Yeah. yeah. So, like, yeah. when you're touching a marimba and you're thinking about, okay, well, what's the hardness on my mallets and how does that sound? Or what's the... I'm not good at that, right? by the way. It takes, it takes time to understand it, you know? And yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm going into my junior year of college and I never touched a keyboard in, in, uh, until college as well. Uh, I was kind of just on that marching band kick all throughout high school and that was it. You know, I just wanted to do that. Right. But getting here, it kind of changed my whole mindset about really understanding how sound works so when you touch a, a keyboard or remember a vibraphone or whatever you want to understand the hardness of the mallets you want to understand it, whether you're inside or outside what kind of wood that the the uh, the board is made out of and mm-hmm. things of that nature it's like it kind of goes it spans across all boards of kind of what we do not just necessarily uh drum set or, or, right. or marching band drums or whatever it kind of right. varies and i think that's like a really amazing quality about what we do and like uh w- what I was going to say about these boutique drum companies, um, just like a fashion designer or something like that, the, the w- just like the way that the person who buys the drum plays the drum, every drum maker has their own expression and style of making the drum. So like Ron Danette, who owns Danette uh, Drums and George Wade Drums, they uh that dude like you know when you're hearing a Danette drum or a george wade drum very very true because he he makes them his own way just like with love or the guy who makes um the guy who makes uh masters of maple uh mm-hmm. who else um i can't think who makes um a and f yeah i guess who I makes see. uh I'll, forgive me if i'm pronouncing it wrong but uh who makes natal drum um, it's a, it's a guy out of california i think it does actually sound pretty decent. You know, like I was watching uh, the 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 Blue Devils drummer, mm-hmm. and um, he was playing on Nato Kit. Yeah, because they I, make, w- I was trying to figure it out. I was oh, like, okay, they, they have system. They make system blue drums. Yeah. Oh, Nato does. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's cool. where it's manufactured out of. Okay, because I was like, I wonder what drums he's playing because they play system. Dude, uh, some system of the blue. best custom drums I've ever heard are Q drums. Oh, dude. Those? They're amazing. Is that is that California? That's out of Los Angeles, yeah, in the heart of Los Angeles. Also, Craviato drums sound oh, always if, great. Dude, if you're looking for like a dark, like heavy type, like I would say not kit, but dark, heavy, like snare drums. Snare drums, dude. Craviato, dude. Their snare drums are amazing. I wonder, I wonder what Ash Home would sound like on a Craviato. I'm sure I think he has he used one. To own one. I'm sure he has one. But dude. Gretsch made him, uh, which is another reason why I like Gretsch. Gretsch made him, he used to play this 12 by 7 Noonan custom drum snare drum. It's a purple heart snare drum. I know that thing got up there. Purple like heart? That was <laughs> Yeah, that kang, like it's yeah. a 12 by 7, right? Uh, dude, Gretsch made him an exact replica, but but Gretsch, like the same Gretsch, like six they ply. Do, that for him, yeah. I mean, do, you, do you follow Ashon? Dude, 
if you if you ever want to get into like or if you want to listen to like some good drum like engineering, recording. yeah, dude, okay. dude. That dude, the lighthouse the man, he, the windmill studio. Yeah, oh, windmill. That's that, what Jess, it is. Like, so, what is his studio? Ash, basically, I think I've explained this before on the yeah, podcast, have, but yeah. just real quick. Uh, Ash Stone is a British session drummer who's uh, played on Adele's "Rolling in the Deep." He played. Uh, he played on. Um, what else did he play on? Seal. He played for Seal. Played a lot. Of he played for Sting. He plays before. for the Voice UK. Um, and this dude is just. He's a pocket style drummer but he's got a great sound and uh anyway he's an older cat but he bought this he lives in england and he bought this piece of land that had an old windmill on it with a barn and i believe it was made in like the 1860s or so maybe before that um but he restored the top of the of the windmill to where he could record in there and it's like arguably one of the best re- sounding recording studios in the UK just because of how the the structure's built. Um if you want to follow him on Instagram, he records a lot of videos and like daily professionally. For sure. But they sound good. They, they sound, sound really good. Like he, nothing I've ever heard on Instagram when he, it comes to musicians. He doesn't have Crazy. to go to the studio most of the time to, right. to record it. He records it at his and his own studio and sends it out. So what he uh, his Instagram tag is Ashson A S H S O A N. This dude is the master of shuffle, by the way. Besides Bernard Purdy oh, yeah, himself, the shuffle. But, um, they just had like a he, he's like that. Okay, what I was talking about in the last podcast that I did, he's like that guy who can play. He can play, like. Well, I don't want to say like that. He could he could play less and it'd be more, like. That's the type of soloing I like. Right, exactly. Like it's it's Space, just man. it's just like a, a saxophone. You don't want to hear a saxophone rip all like all day. No, man. you know it's you the want story. a little bit of space. You know we were listening. We was we were in the office listening to some jazz stuff, and we were yeah. talking about this drum solo. Yeah, and this guy was just like spaced out. Art Blakey, man. Art Blakey. It was some Art Blakey Dude, stuff. And Classic. It was my favorite Blakey. jazz drummer of all time. By like, the way, my favorite. Jazz I love drummer. that spongy type solo. Like you give people time to soak up yeah, a man. lot of stuff, and you and it was so simple. And then it's one uh, I can't remember the name of the song, but it's just like on the tom, just do ga do ga do do ga do ga, and it's like the most. But it's yeah. perfect. It's and just you know, like, I want to listen to that all day it's long. It's just like talking. Yeah, it's like, a conversation, man. If you're talking <laughs> all day, like somebody's gonna get annoyed. Well, that's why, like, <laughs> you know? that's why people like Benny Greb a lot. Exactly. Uh, Benny Greb is he can groove. He has his own kind of feel, but he also, uh, when he solos, he uses literally every part of the drum. He'll yes. use the shell drum, he'll use oh, the yeah, rim, dude. he'll use the head, he'll use, dude, he'll. Uh, the creativity that guy spews out. It's also simple though. Like he'll f- he'll do some filler stuff, but like he'll also do like a melody on the drums, and that's when we get to talking about singing, like making the drums sing. Yeah. Uh, making your instrument sing is not an easy feat. It takes hours and hours of practice. To know how your instrument works, which is why you can't just hop on a backline kit and be like, you know. I like, mean, you have to right. sometimes. You have like to you sometimes, have to, but, but and it, you could be playing a three hundred dollar kit that's a backline kit, and and I feel like you're a great musician and drummer if you can make that kit sing. So, right. And, so and I'm just, going through. I'm oh, going through yeah. a little bit of that musically myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm playing for. The beginning of the semester, like he said, we just started school. Mm-hmm. I'm playing um, "Strive to Be Happy" by Ivan Trevino on on marimba. 
And that song is very, uh, very, very, very about the way that you make the bars sound. Especially there's like the, the, an intro and an ending that are very similar, but the chord structure is very, uh, very pretty, honestly. But uh, I'm at the point, I've played a lot of choppy marimba music. Like, mm-hmm. to, you know, I'm, I'm, like I said, I never played keyboards until college, so I had to learn how, how the instrument worked, how my hands worked, how the, all the things right. get put together. This is the first thing I'm playing that it's so important that the musicality comes first over just no accuracy and how right. I'm turning my wrists, you know, and how I'm using uh, the mallets in my fingers. So spending a lot of time uh, really understanding how touch affects the keyboard is uh, is something that I'm personally going through and I think is yeah is almost <laughs> kind of life-changing more right. than because you know playing marching drums you just want to play heights and, and and chops and whatever and then playing drum set that is something that combines I think both of those kind of worlds because you can right. play chops and play cool stuff but what does that matter if you don't make a beautiful sound come out of the instrument we were just talking about that with a guy who came in and helped us out uh i'm not gonna drop names but he came and helped us out with during roundup uh and he was talking about making making marching tenor drums sing like that like quality of sound dude and that's that comes with uh uh that can be applied to any field in life like you can somebody in, like a medical doctor like the quality of your service and the quality of your of your practice mm-hmm. matters it matters a lot and just like with everything else everything has a foundation of technique and fundamentals mm-hmm. and Absolutely. sometimes sometimes maybe you play an, an instrument that is electronic and you can have more of an effect on uh, creating a synthetic sound but cr- cr- creating a natural sound and making that natural sound uh, uh, come out. Like, for instance, we, our goal is to make the wood of the drum or the metal of the drum get to its maximum capacity of resonance, right. tonality, all this kind of stuff. And if it's for anybody who's playing maybe a $20,000 grand piano as opposed to a $1,000 grand piano. Right, absolutely. So it's you got to respect the instrument just as much as you respect the whole process of learning it. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely. Most definitely. That's why w- I kind of like nerd out sometimes like the history of the marimba, history of the snare drum, history of the drum set. Oh man, that stuff is, uh, what are we doing if we don't know where we're but coming dude, from? You know? But the, 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 the whole, the cool thing about it is that's uh, applicable to whatever you're doing. Like, dude, don't, like if Very you're it, what what or if you're gonna be a doctor, like you need to know what the doctors in nineteen thirties used to do right. versus now and why what you're doing now is important. Right. Like you need to know that type of stuff. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's not just for music we gotta know everything about our instruments. Right. Like, dude, you need to apply and anybody who's not in music, like, who's listening, you need to, you know, find first of all, if you haven't found your craft, like find it and then know everything there is to possibly know about it so that way you can make it that much better because if you think about it whenever we get new inventions and things like that the person who invented whatever it was knew about everything that it took to put that thing together like individually to put stuff together you know what i'm saying right like so it's the same thing with this how are you going to be innovative and create a new 
whatever if you don't know what to put together right and that's (laughs) and that's how that's how progression works in any sense any form i kind of try to loop it back to what we were talking about way earlier the only way that you can progress is you have to start somewhere and you have to know where that starting point is so Mm -hmm. if we're coming in in the year 2017 doing what we're doing we have to know what was going on in the year 1914 with the same people doing what we're doing in order for any sort of growth or progression progression excuse me to happen in right. either us or the people around us. You have hey, to know you see in anything. Inter- you see these interviews with people all the time who are at the top of their respected craft. LeBron James came from somewhere. Kobe Bryant came from somewhere. Alex Rodriguez like came from somewhere. Like yeah. it, it. Neil deGrasse James Tyson came from somewhere. <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson is hilarious. I want his laugh as my ringtone. I want <laughs> to be able to think as deep consistently as Neil deGrasse Tyson can think that consistently I think anyone can and he that's his whole thing he wants to he wants people to be like look you can be smart without the PhD in physics like I have Mm -hmm. like you can like it's all about like common sense and teaching people awareness and we get preached to all the time about awareness and awareness is so crucial to our society like being aware of what's going on but not necessarily reacting to what's going on Right. You know what I mean? Right. Especially now exactly. with all these protests and not to get too political or anything. I'm not a very political person. I have views, but I like to keep them to myself because I don't like I don't like talking about this kind of stuff. But mm. and look, all these protests and stuff like that, just being aware of it, aware of what's going on. You have to be aware that there is evil still in the world. There Absolutely always will be. be. Until until uh, like there just always will be evil in the world and you have to be aware of it you have to realize like what could happen but you don't have to react to it you can say exactly that's what i'm gonna say you yourself can make a difference that much of a difference like if the whole world won't go into that just you doing something different about it going back to like what we talked about in the first one like the whole facebook and like monitoring what you actually post like don't worry about if somebody's calling you fake because your your lifestyle doesn't necessarily speak what you post on, you know, whatever immediately. What, yeah, exactly. Reflect you know what I'm life. saying? But it's like, dude, why would I, y'all call it being real, but it's like, why would I just sit there and do this when right. I could be trying to do something different? It's right. a waste. It's a it's waste. A waste. Of, it, I'm not saying that. Like, no, I'm not perfect. I'm but, not saying you know. that people's opinions aren't important. People's so. yeah, yeah. people's opinions are very important. very important. Yes. It's it's the reason why we have a democracy and a free uh, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, all that kind of stuff. However, uh, but at the expense look, of look, others, man, what what are you really doing? Who, the, most of the time, when people post on Facebook about this kind of stuff, you don't convince anybody else differently. You're just going to end up getting an argument with that person you're trying to convince otherwise. Pretty much. And yeah, the the arguments I like to see are the ones where people are like, I respect where you're coming from, but here's what I think. Right. Yeah. So, uh, which is very enjoyable to see, but there's also the comedic side of everything. When you got somebody who's on totally, you got two people who are on totally different sides, and you're just watching these people go back and forth. <laughs> not it is hilarious. Not convincing. In fact, they're insulting each other. And <laughs> look, I'm sorry. If you're going to post on Facebook all the time about stuff that is obviously going on, and you're giving me obvious opinions, then I'm then you're gone. I'm like, sorry, you're not. I right. don't need I that. I can clearly on my see line. this already. Right, exactly. You know? 
Yeah, it's I crazy, mean, totally man. That, how that's man. become the new, um, the new form of the way that people talk to each other and like treat each other is Dude, through some words on a cellular a phone, device, Dude, man. Phone, like we were talking about earlier, it's yeah. behind a phone screen. Nobody says anything to each other in person what, anymore. Like, I don't know if people if ever. They do, it's hitting people with a car. Right. Like, yeah, if, if we're getting no stuff like that, yeah, it's right. Like, like, dude, come on now. Like, mm-hmm. like, and this is me as a black male saying this. I don't care what what may be going on. Like, you don't run no, you don't run any. I wouldn't run anybody over. No, like, dude, I I understand. Like, no matter what what you've been through in your life, like, you don't need to do that. Right. I I I mean, I apologize to anyone that might be offended, but like, honestly, dude. That is not. That's not going to get anything done. I think what, people. What th- makes people think? Sorry, but like, yeah. what makes people think that that's their place? I think. I think that's the problem right there, though, is mm-hmm. that people don't think. Like that's where yeah. the issue is. Like people they don't just react. Think, they just think that they know exactly what they should do right now in the moment without really having any sort of observation or awareness about anything going on around them. But also that their actions actually have repercussions and everybody and, and feels so entitled that's the, it, there it the is. white supremacists feel so entitled like well yeah. the way i think that's the way that everybody else should, should think. think right and that's not and that's not and i'm not even trying to take on that form like, right i'm not even trying to say that everybody should think the way i'm saying but what i am saying is like austin was saying you need to think because all right you let's let's for example you got a dude who gets on facebook and he's like oh man i'm a family dude i love my family this and that and that and then something happens and he goes berserk. He doesn't think about, or she, they don't think about, what if I die? Oh, I was the family man, but now I just destroyed my family over something stupid right, because they exactly. have to mourn over me now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And like, it's, it's, it's stuff like that. It's like, it's so contradicting to what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? I, I, you know, I, I hear this all the time. People want to be part of something. People want to be part of a team. People want to be part of yeah. one side or the other. And why can't you stand in the middle and just be like, you're wrong, you're wrong, or you're right, you're kind of right, you're kind of right. I like what you say here, and I don't like what you say here, but I respect what you have to right. say. And then bring something positive out of that. Or So if you want to be on a team or a side or a whatever, be on the side of growth and positivity. Like, whatever that may be for you or for your family or for whatever, as long as there's positive repercussions or positive things that you're bringing out, exactly. that's but, the team. That's the team but, I want to be on. But the thing is, dude, we live in a world that believes in, first of all, that positivity is lame. That's very number two, true. That's so sad. Number two, you don't have power. Like, we live in a world where, and please don't be offended, but we do have people, we consider people to be uh, powerful if they're just aggressive. Right, you know, and that's not. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. It's good to be aggressive. You don't want timid people. You know what I'm saying. But at the same time, people who are ne- like doing things in a negative way, that's considered like the powerful right. type. You know, fearless type person. Right. That, and, and that's which that's is, not a which good mindset. Especially, and I'm just clarifying what I mean here. There is nothing, absolutely nothing, right about being a white supremacist. So. What you're saying is, tr- like, they think just because they're being aggressive and protesting that but they're that, doing dude, that's something. Not, that's not, they're not doing anything. No. The, your cause has no moral grounds. Your cause has no moral grounds, and you are 
just because you're standing out and and marching with with torches and and dressing up as KK members, yeah. just because you think you're doing like going out and actually doing it doesn't mean you're actually doing anything. In fact, all you're doing is wasting your own time. There is nothing right about your cause. Now, if it was a cause of something like, uh, like, I don't know enough about any other movement besides mm-hmm. the, the most because the white supremacist movement has been around long enough to where people are like, okay, look, that's really not okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay, but then you got other movements for that are up in the air like. Um, uh, gay rights, um, Black Lives Matter, right, all this right. kind of stuff. So like, th- that's when that's more up for discussion. Like, that that's more like, okay, I understand you're you're protesting. I understand all that kind of stuff. You you're doing you're trying to do something that actually has moral grounds. Like, right. w- you yeah. you do deserve the same rights as everyone else. Sorry, white supremacists. Yeah, you don't. And that's not one hundred percent don't deserve the exactly. same rights. And that's not to be misunderstood as if it was on the flip side. Like, dude, if if black people like, well, I'm not even gonna say if because they have people who like who do this type of stuff. It's oh, yeah. not a color thing. It's a mind. It's thing. definitely a mindset. It's not thing. even a like, dude. The, they could they could start a black supremacist tomorrow <laughs> like you know what i'm saying yeah. but it's it's because it's, it's not a color thing that's right. why it's all it's it should be if there are any two teams it should be what's right team and what's wrong you know team. What i wish i could do you know i wish i could go back in time my great <laughs> i have like a great great either i can't remember how far back grandfather that was a a, a grand drag or grand wizard excuse me of the ku klux klan I'm mm-hmm. like, see me now, Gramps. Like, yeah, look what yeah, happened. Yeah, like, yeah. dude, things change. Things dude. progress. Like it's, we talked about before. Yeah. Things do progress, but sometimes they can take a step back. But I always believe, and that's why Teddy Roosevelt's one of my, uh, actually is my favorite president. The dude was a progressive president. And not necessarily in, in civil rights, because that wasn't a, a thing in his time. But I'm talking about like in... Uh, national parks and stuff like that. Like he was just—he was all about moving forward and like mm-hmm. uh, the big stick saying and stuff like that. Uh, progression, I believe, is always present, just at certain degrees. Um, so with this whole with this whole race thing that's going on right now, I don't think we're on the brink of civil war. I just think it's very easy to see what's going on in the world because of the the outlets that we have. Dude, we literally have the whole world in our look, pockets. Put it put it this way. The only time that this stuff ever comes out, whenever it's a race, like whenever it's a race against race thing. But dude, there's black people killing black people every day. There's white people killing white people every day. There's people killing kids. Mm-hmm. Like I know, like that's that's a little touchy subject. But but dude, stop stop trying to. Uh, now you know black rights is most definitely important. I'm not saying that, but but stop trying to just place a color over tragedies like this, like. Like, dude, this is happening to everyone. Mm-hmm. Like, just as if a, if a white kid gets shot, dude, I'm just as hurt. Right, a person like, died. A, a person. A person. Yeah. Yes. A person. You know, like, you know how emotional people get when dogs die. <laughs> That's so true. That's it, very true. What, what's you know what interesting? What's like, What's interesting about <laughs> what you're saying is like, uh, you'll get. You have certainly you have some people like I've mentioned before, like the groups like the KKK and all that kind of stuff who were like who were actually like, you know, slavery and like that was the best thing ever or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. you got people like uh, normal people who are sentimental and they're like, hey, 
if we could go back and change it, we would. Right, right, right. You know? Now, that, that I feel like, not to get too touchy here. Well, I'm, I'm glad we're talking, because, dude, this is not, like, this. I'm, I'm enjoying this because it's not just about music. Like, mm. music, actually, if you think about it, I'm sorry, music affected this type of stuff as well. Like, of course. music was just as important as racism was or whatever situation was going on. Or it had on. a play in it. it exactly. Had, it had a hand at, in any it, point all of it. In time. So it's like, like, I'm glad we're addressing this stuff because this is stuff that people need to hear. You know what I'm saying? It, not once, but twice mm. or three times. Ba- like, back to what I was, yeah. Yeah, like, back to what I was saying, which I could talk about that too. Um, it's, it's both sides. Like, you got white people who are like, Hey, I'm, I'm look. If I, I, if really, if I could go back to 1828, I would change. Yeah, most I would, definitely. I would do my best to convince my ancestor to be like, hey, don't own people. Right. Yeah. Other than, on the other hand, you got uh, people who still pull that card and be like, well, you know, we we've been through a lot and stuff like that. Like we were slaves at one point, and which is totally understandable. And like, I just wish. One day people will just be like, you know what? It's over. It happened. But my thing is, my thing is this, and I, I see what you're saying. But my thing is this, as far as the 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 slave part of it, the mentality, don't choose to still be a slave. Mm-hmm. Like if if me personally, I feel like if you're still letting that stuff get to you, then they still got you. Yeah, I agree with that. For That's sure. an they, interesting take. Like I'm, I'm for real. Like. If if that stuff is still got you on edge like that, like to that point, like dude, Listen. they still got you mentally oh. because, and it's not even actually it, like you said, it's not even the white people uh, that were that were actually enslaving, like these are new age like people who are like you know this is a more equal world. I'm so sorry about what happened, right? This and that and that, you know what I'm saying, but. I hate to say it, but sometimes some black people are still like enslaved right. mentally and, and that causes a whole nother group of problems. Right. You know? I, and it, so as a person who, uh, you know, a black male in America, but even more than that, a person who I live somewhere that was extremely diverse, you mm-hmm. know, I'm like my best friend, shout out to Dev Chatterjee. If you would ever listen to this, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> he, I know. I'm, he was dude, dude, that guy was my best friend growing up, and he was um, he was from India, you know. He was Hindi, or and and it's just like that was the kind of place that I grew up. Like there was no, it's, it kind of feels weird to say it, but there was like no majority or minority. There mm-hmm. were just people. Like mm-hmm. um, you know, we talked about all different type of type of cultures. We had people from all, you know, just from everywhere. Like uh immigrants from china and the people it was it was beautiful it was really a beautiful thing and then moving to somewhere that it wasn't so much that right it's predominantly uh it's like really just white or black you know what i mean and like which the media focuses on only those places right Right. the media doesn't especially now the media doesn't focus on the fact that that houston is one of the most diverse cities in america and, and you know it's they focus on the bad part of the whole racism thing like maybe racism's only racism's always going to be alive but is it it's not going to be de- defeated unless the media is like helping with that right you know yeah I mean? it's not gonna how, be how do you reach people how do you reach people right it's the television news. you reach exactly. people through your your i through notifications on your iphone like right. that now i do commend the people that are bold enough to get up there and and say like you know this is right 
on this end and this is right on this end and like this is not right on our right. end. Like I, I respect those people who can look at both spectrums and be like, okay, neither one of these things are right, and right. this is right about this, this is right about that. Like we were talking about, yeah, right. being neutral, and know, and kind of going and well, not neutral, but right? Kind of going back to like how you were saying that people put themselves in that own mentality, mm-hmm. coming in that transition. In my life, like I physically saw a different mindset between two sets of people. Uh, or the same type of people, like black people in where I grew up, and then black people where I, you know, resided. Right, right. It's like exactly. it's like it was it was so different in the way that people pres- <laughs> not even carry themselves, but the way that these just the overall mindset. Right. Like, why is it that in some towns in this area that there's still a black side and a white side? Like, why is it separated over the train tracks? Like, it's like 1954. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's something that doesn't happen, or it wasn't a thing that happened from where I. You know, was right. raised. So seeing that difference, and there's nothing, um, there's nothing that can stop you if you put the work in, in anything. Yeah. So if you're in that mentality of feeling like, and I say oppression is a real thing. Yes. But there's still determination and work ethic, no matter what. So if you're facing these things and you push through it and you get through it, exactly. then there's nothing that can stop you. So exactly. to see people successful of every color and whatever and religion and anything is amazing yeah from growing up seeing those things to a place that people think that if you're not if you don't look like this you can't be anything but a mcdonald's worker or whatever exactly. it may be it's something that uh is almost scary and dude they a lot of people don't know but dude they believe that like black people believe that they're not going to be more than this because their dad might have been this right and it's, or that's it's what sad. they've seen you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and, and and i'm not just saying that because there do there's a lot of uh white guys who have had you know sucky lifestyles and they haven't seen better than flipping I, would, burgers, I would venture to say you know? that that the same can go for for white people because i've i've seen yeah. people i've seen people that i've either gone to high school with or i've they're a family member of mine who literally put the the limit on themselves just because it's what their dad did. Yeah. Right. Or, it's, or it's because they don't believe that they're capable of something. Right. And because yeah. that's the thing, though, like that's applicable to any ethnicity or race. Like it's it, like, do you you mean to tell me that every Jewish person fits the stereotype? Right. Of being no, not right. at all. Like, exactly. Right. No, but but dude, on the flip side, too, though. You got to think about this, too. Now, I'm not saying that flipping burgers is a bad thing because there are some dudes who well, had at dads. At least they're working. Well, that was, I was, well I'm going to say this. There were some dudes who had dads who worked that job with a passion mm-hmm. because they actually cared about it. So whenever a son sees his dad doing something, you know, with that type of passion, you know, nine times out of ten, he's going to love doing that the same way. It's right. not a chore. It's not a job. You know, I mean, somebody had to create McDonald's. Right. Somebody had to be passionate about it. That's so a billion I'm not, dollar company. I'm really not saying that flipping burgers is a bad idea or it's not a good thing for anyone. Right. But what I am saying in general, if you know or if you had a dream to do something higher than what you're doing, you, like Austin was saying, that work ethic, you know what I'm saying? That That is what's going to get you over. Just like we were talking about school here. Like I could have went so many ways besides staying here, being grounded and like pushing through right you know i I feel like if people 
if people have that mindset, they'll get out of that limiting environment because if you're in, if you're that kind of person who believes that they're capable of literally the, the unlimited amount of things, then I believe you will get out of a situation that limits you. Now, I do believe there are people that are made for certain niches in, in life. I believe there are certain people that fit the mold of something that not everybody fits the mold of. Right. For instance, Elon Musk fits the mold of an innovator that guy. and and a r- guy who's trying to make uh, the earth cleaner and everything, whatever, yeah. trying to make the w- the earth more efficient. Right. That he's that's his niche. Like he's gonna right. like. I mean, of course, he's not gonna be flipping burgers. And I think that is something. Um, at least me personally, in the way that I think in my life, uh, as you know, we're on this path to be music educators. So me being a teacher in the same place that I went to high school at, that the same place that I saw these people, the saw this culture, saw the way that uh, people think, me being a person who came from somewhere completely different, ended up being a product of this place, and now being back there as a person to contribute is something I think that um, is a small step in changing a lot. You know what I mean? And there's people like... Uh, people like all of us sitting here right now that have the capability of doing something that gives back deeper than yeah. even just what their craft is. So mm-hmm. uh, us as music teachers, we can we can go in and think, oh, I got to teach how to count whole notes and how to read music and if whatever, to, yeah. and, or how to march. And you can think just that deep, and that's it. Or you can approach it as you see the awareness of what's happening in the world, the awareness of what's going on around us every single day, mm-hmm. the awareness of um, the things that you've personally been through, the people that you're close to have been through, and take that with you right. and put your heart into that, into whatever it is that you're doing, us as educators specifically, to give back to that thing, to change it, or to not even change it completely, but to make it more positive, at least in your... Mm. So once you change, in, in my opinion, the whole purpose of spending thousands of dollars to go to college and and, yeah. and, and, and all this money and time and effort and, and sweat and blood and tears yeah. that we put in as musicians or any craft all over the world, if you're doing it in order to benefit yeah. not just yourself, your family, but the people around you and the people that you can touch, then that means you're doing something right. Right. When there's a lot of, lot of people in the world and a lot of, of the world that are doing a lot wrong. One last thing, uh, um, like to go with what he was saying like if you are studying to be some form of educator you need to understand that sometimes you have more power than these kids parents do because there are certain things that they can't tell their parents because sometimes their parents are the problem right like understand that most of the time parents are the this, problem by the way well that's what i'm saying so like whenever you get frustrated sometimes like you know there's times where you need to let the student know like what's up and like this is what you're not going to tolerate and that that's that's perfectly fine but then other times you got to understand like sometimes you need to reset the dial because at the end of the day this kid is looking for someone number one who will listen to them and number two who's going to steer them in the right place because half the time they're, these got these these kids parents have not been to school they they don't work or they do work and they have a stressful life as it is right and do the you as an educator have a like a very powerful position in that kid's life they will they will remember you 
Sometimes Dude, I, you... I, I apologize. Yo, you remember? Yeah. I went. We went traveled. Uh, we went on uh the tour for the schools. Still been, yeah. I ended up going to uh, we ended up going to my old elementary school and dude I was so bad like I made this teacher cry like she came to my house and she was crying to my mom and I still didn't care like when I was little I was just like bro I'm angry like like I'm tired of this happening in my house and I don't want to go to school because like I don't right. number one I really feel like I don't fit in number two like I don't want to do all this other stuff right. i just want people to leave me alone right like, but dude as as of now like seeing on the flip side of things being an educator dude i apologized to her right after we were packing up i was like i'm so sorry for what i put you through right and that i remember that lady's face so like they they will remember you now, like sometimes you, you see know, they see you more than they see their own parents actually yeah they just drop. All right, Susie, uh, I'm going to work. Right, you need exactly. to be good at school. That, you know that what was different for me is I wanted to fit in so dude. bad, dude. Yeah. I tried so hard. <laughs> yeah. I did. I yeah. did. I remember the one of the first days in first grade, dude. I was already trying so hard. Yeah. And I and I stopped uh, wearing hunter green shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You gotta switch to the white man or the blue. Yeah. <laughs> A nice fresh like white. Polo. Yeah, that's it, man. Uh, no logos though. Dude, I wanted to that's fit in. I wanted to fit in so bad, yeah. dude. I wanted the Nike shocks, bro. That's all I <laughs> yes, wanted. Yes, dude, the Nike shocks. That's all I wanted, man. <laughs> Literally every cool kid had them. And a razor, like the phone. <laughs> the I, had to, the phone? I had one. Yeah, I, I got one in things. sixth grade. I got Broke. one in sixth grade, and I jumped in the pool with it. Two weeks <laughs> after that. My mom was so mad at me, bro. Anyway, so uh, yeah, man. I just I. I would go home all mad because nobody would accept me. Yeah. Same, dude. Yeah. And then you take that out on your parents and, you know, and like now, now going into it, like I love doing my own thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wish I had that mindset going back into like looking back in grade school because man, that took away from the important stuff. Like the important stuff was like, maybe if I stopped trying to, be accepted so much maybe i would be way better at drums than i am now like exactly like, and the, you know the most beautiful thing about that is you can pass that to your own students and your own people like you can your watch kids yeah dude. your own yeah. children like the people like you can see somebody going through the exact same thing you went through if you don't let that go you can give that back to somebody and benefit them in a way that you wish you benefited yourself dude which you know the the no, everybody chases perfection. Nobody achieves perfection, but even the best of the best right now aren't perfect. Right. And uh, even regardless, even if I was a better musician or drummer than I am now, You'd be at saying this the point, same thing. I'd be <laughs> saying the same thing. Because, uh, man, wanting to fit in that bad, like, I remember the desire I had to just fit in so bad. Like, yeah. I w- especially when I transferred schools in, in middle school, I was like, dude, like, I got a fresh start. Maybe I can actually, like, be cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it doesn't matter, dude. Like, if I go, <laughs> I punch, not at I punch all. that eighth grade Josh in the face. So he's like, stop <laughs> dude, it. Dude, dude. Stop it, you freaking little Hollister wearing little. <laughs> listen, if there's anybody, listen right now. So, I, all these guys here, I'm the youngest one. I'm the freshest out of high school. I'm 20 years old. I pro- if there's anybody in high school listening to this, I promise you, whatever p- big problem that you like that is going on right now, 
are in school, like Susie Q doesn't think you're cute or whatever the situation is, yeah. I promise in two years or three years, you won't even remember it. And um, Susie's not going to look the same way she does I'm now. I'm telling you right now, <laughs> I have to be reminded. I have to be reminded. Be like, did I have a crush on that girl? And I'm like, yes, dude, yeah. You know, because like, you're like, you do back then, like you, you were like, oh, dude, she's beautiful, dude. <laughs> and like now you look back and you're like, did I have a crush on her? Oh my god! Did I really have a crush on her? It looked like, like somebody crushed her for real. <laughs> no, it's not only oh, that. Chill, it's like chill, you'll, you'll chill. forget. <laughs> you'll forget. Like you, you will absolutely forget about that. All that stuff. No, but you know, yeah, that stuff yeah. doesn't. And you try weight. to reconnect, and you're like, ah, no, you're not. All the stuff yeah. that you're stressing about—that's the little stuff, man. Right. Let it go. Move on. Look Are at the bright side of everything. You're young. You got a lot of life to live. It's all good. It's beautiful. Yeah, most definitely. Are there kids who listen to? Maybe uh, my brother's my my brother's like friends made me listen to it every once in a while. He's in senior in high school. Hey, so. shout out to Josh's brother, man. I hear you doing a good job, bro. Yeah, yeah man, you got those pipes, man. I heard you can sing your sing your life away. That's awesome, yeah. man. That's beautiful. Maybe come sing at my like uh, my wedding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's gonna go. be like all Hillsong. I think you got. Uh, <laughs> devil is a freaking freaker. Hey, understand that. The devil is a freaking freaker. <laughs> <laughs> we have all these stupid sayings that like when people go on the it's outside so and looking in. Dude, I want to say I love you guys and I'm so happy that I came to this university because like I'm having Same. the Dude, best time right. ever. Just, I don't want to like, be paying $26,000 at LSU. <laughs> <laughs> to be a gen <laughs> We're doing a podcast, bro. That's amazing. No, well, but I'm doing a podcast. In all, in all sincerity. <laughs> And no, but in all sincerity, and excuse me, sincerity, I really am thankful to be uh, to be friends with you guys and be a part mm-hmm. of this place, man. It's it's uh, it's life changing to say the least. It's very life changing, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. I wouldn't either, man. It's uh, looking back on it, it's just, I'm on the exit. It's uh, yeah. Uh, it's gonna be weird. Once again, congratulations, Josh, on with your, your absolutely fifth, uh, sixth episode. What is this? Fifth? Six. Six. On your on your sixth episode, dude. This thing is amazing. And dude, just yeah, bro, this is amazing. I, that's all I can say. Yeah, Thanks. I'm, I'm, it's amazing. I'm, you can thank Wesley too, man. Absolutely, dude. I'm so excited to be on this thing. I'm a huge fan of podcasts. But if you're listening to this, please, for my good friend Josh Hartwell, share this repeatedly. If you got this far, you really care what we got to say. So yeah. show somebody, please. Yeah. This guy, if anybody deserves it, it's him. We even got a little political on this one. We which did, is man. Okay. But that's good because, man, like. We people, didn't really talk people, about drums at all. Not but, really. But that's the thing. I want I want people to understand that, dude. We are still people. Like, yeah. Like, if anything, and I, I feel like it makes us really special that we can not only do this regular stuff, but we can also do stuff musically for the world. Like, that's a privilege. It, it took is. A, it took a few episodes, but uh, I finally got around to my my goal and my point. Like, look, man, like yeah. we're just talking. Uh, it can be for everyone, not just drummers. And, uh, you know, if I think that if you are able to sit down in a room and discuss political views with your friends and but also wrap around to the point, you know, talk about what you love to do. uh, Right. And that's the true. And uh, we all have we all have like at some point, like even with me being like, best friends with you two guys i know we all have different points of view on something absolutely which is okay the fact exactly the fact that we can be mature (laughs) enough to come in and sit down and like just talk 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like that absolutely. says a lot right there. And we can we can create things together. We can create music together and we can create a friendship and really be able to connect and speak about whatever we need to speak about to each other. And I think it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad uh, this came together. This almost didn't happen because I had uh Yeah, I'm supposed to be practicing. Right same. I am so <laughs> supposed to be practicing right now. My other guest uh my other guest couldn't make it and uh I, had, so I was like, Hey Austin, man. wanna do a podcast? And then Josh walks in and ended up being probably the best one we've had so far. Dude, uh, good times, man. I'm really thankful to be a part of it, so man. Yeah, Thank you so much for having me. Don't keep having on. me back, right? I'm not, like, <laughs> yeah, like it's Josh and Josh podcast, and that's I'm not like, rid of it anymore. No, but, nah, nah. Uh, <laughs> seriously, thank you to everyone who has listened so far up to this point. Um, it's getting better, and uh, I hope people still give it a chance because I'm gonna still gonna keep making them. I mean, I don't really do. Please, I'm gonna I'm gonna. Matter of fact, I need to catch up. Actually, yeah, so do I. I need to listen. I need to, to catch up, but I'm gonna be listening to yeah. him like actively. Oh yeah, absolutely. I hope you keep doing this for some years. And man. I and yeah. I need to share everybody else's too. Yeah, like, yeah. I still haven't heard Wesley's yet. I need to listen. Same, to same. Sorry, yeah. man. Dude, Wesley's a trooper. He's sitting back here, just like <laughs> not able to say anything, but he's just listening. He's Dude, he's like nodding and he's in it. He's, it's awesome. It's a good uh, time. Oh uh, yeah, man. But yeah, once again, thank you for everyone who's listening. Um, share it. Please share, share it. Share uh, it. We are available now on Apple Podcasts, which used to be called iTunes Podcasts, but they changed it recently. Apple mm-hmm. Podcasts. You can find us on your podcast app on your iPhone. Just type in the Room Little Podcast, and it'll pop up. You'll see the little subscribe. Blue, the blue logo. Subscribe. And also, if you could rate and review, give that man five oh, please, stars. Please that, give him that five that, stars. Uh, that helps us get the the podcast out there on the charts. Um, and also we're on Google Play, and if you really want to go to the OG ones, we're in uh SoundCloud. Uh, SoundCloud's the the basic yeah. service we use, and then we upload uh to Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Um, I may try and get it on Stitcher, but I don't know anybody who uses mm. Stitcher. So. I listen to Stitcher. I like Stitcher. It's uh, it's clean. I like it. Yeah. So Google Play, Apple Podcasts. Uh, and SoundCloud. Yeah. Thank you so much for everyone who's listened. Uh, uh, we have six episodes now, uh, and you know what? It's gonna it's gonna keep happening, and I believe one day uh, it's gonna be as big as it needs to be. So yeah. Um, thank you for listening, and thank you to my my friends here for being on. Uh, thank on you for Monday having night, us, man. The thank first you very night much. of it's the a semester. Privilege. Uh, well, nah, it's uh, it's an honor to have good people on. Uh, it's good people, good conversation. So yeah. thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs>